Traveling to consciousness, exploring spiritual journeys to find answers in uncertainty. What is up, Conscious Monkeys? Welcome to another episode of Traveling to Consciousness. As always, I am your host, Clayton Cuteri, and today's guest is a third-timer. No ordinary third-timer, but the first third-timer that we've had on the podcast. You can find her on episodes 002 and 017. She's into all things that create a spiritual lifestyle, and I'm not going to give her much more of an introduction because you should already know her name by now. With that being said, Conscious Monkeys, welcome to the show, Tiara Alicia. Tiara, thank you for being here. Thanks for inviting me back. It's a pleasure. It's an honor. I appreciate yeah, it. I mean, I mean, likewise, because I feel like after both of those episodes, I remember just having like different little downloads of, oh, shoot, like I could do this different or I could try creating in this way. And so <laughs> honestly, selfishly, I bring you on just to <laughs> see if I can get more creative juices flowing. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I do feel the same way as well. I I feel really like honored and privileged to be part of like such an early part of your journey and like how much you've grown over the past, like, I mean, massively over the past month, but just the entire journey itself um, and being able to grow with you as well is, is pretty cool. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I mean, it's interesting too, because you were on episode two, so mm -hmm. you'd been the second interview and you were probably the only one that I never knew before actually starting this, like the first nine episodes were people that I had actually met in real life or, you know, new oh, wow. friends. And so, yeah, I I, I was, yeah, yeah. So that's an interesting thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of feels that we've known each other before. I don't know if you feel that way. Like when I first talked to you, I, it was super comfortable. Like, I mean, you're obviously great to talk to anyway, and you're very personable, but I obviously didn't know you as well, but our conversation just flowed as if we knew each other for a really long time. Before we start the show, I must warn you that there are ads throughout this podcast episode. If you'd like to get the show ad-free, you're able to get access by downloading the official Traveling to Consciousness app. It's available in the Google Play Store and iOS Store. I will note that there is a small monthly fee associated to get these episodes ad-free. And this is an important part. Make sure that any purchases you make, you make on the website, travelingtoconsciousness.com, because products are going to be 15 to 30% more expensive through the app because, you know, the big boys got to get their own check. Even though you're purchasing this stuff through the website, you will still be able to enjoy all this content on the app. Now, if you prefer the free route, you can get a free login on the app, and that will grant you access to challenges and notifications when new episodes arrive, discounts, exclusive content, and so much more. All of this just by searching Traveling to Consciousness in your phone's app store, or click the link below. Now, Conscious Monkeys, let's get the show started. Yeah, it's interesting. I... You know, it's interesting you said for two reasons. I mean, number one, like personally, like I don't know if there's a level of me getting to a point of being comfortable my, with myself where I'm able to develop these conversations. But even what you're saying, like you were episode two, like I didn't <laughs> have as much skill set as I do now. And so to your point, like there, there definitely has to be some level of us 
having a past life together or something that is, I don't, I have no idea, but it, there definitely has to be this little bit of component of a me becoming more in tune with who I am. And then B this also this level of, you know, a soul recognizing a soul that they've seen before. Yeah. And sort of like coming back together for whatever purpose we're supposed to serve each other in this lifetime too. Right. And it must be something with content creation and spirituality and yeah, getting this like out to leading more people. The collective. Actually, it's funny that you say that. I probably should bring this up. We're getting into it already, but um, oh, yeah. I had a dream last night um, and I've been studying Carl Jung's um, dream interpretation and analysis. Um, like I, I'm really heavy into his theories and philosophies when it comes to the psyche. And I had a dream last night where um, I was driving like a really long trip. And he's, he talks about the dream symbol of driving, literally meaning drive and motivation. And I think that that being connected with the rest of the context of this dream. So I was driving this really long distance to get to a farm. And I saw a bunch of like corn and crops like leading up to my destination. And he also talks about that being like sort of like the fruits of your labor, success, fertility as well. And um, I got to the farm and I was supposed to meet someone there and it was a farmer. And a farmer in terms of archetype, because he talks a lot about archetypes, is someone who grows food for the consumption of other human beings or animals. And I kind of, you know, it's very metaphorical. Dreams are very metaphorical. And I took that as a metaphor that I've had all this drive and motivation just like you for so long that the fruits of our labor are now like coming, like they're being shown to us. And actually, I forgot this part. So on my way to the farm, I sent a text message to the person saying, um, I'm almost there. And I just think that is very telling in terms of like, we're producing something for the consumption of other human beings in a sense, like whether that be content, value, um, you know, we're giving things to people to help improve the quality of their consciousness, improve their quality of life. And we're now sort of starting to see that become fruitful. And I just thought it was a really like, it obviously was very metaphorical, but I thought the dream itself was just very telling. And I thought it was very ironic that I had it literally last night and I woke up this morning doing the dream analysis. And I'm like, I feel like I'm seeing that for both of us now. That's so it cool. was very cool. Well, I'm not, I'm not familiar. I mean, you know, my account's blowing up and stuff, but I'm not familiar yeah. with what's been like the developments in your life. So what's, what's going on there? Um, so I have had a massive shift in terms of like being able to free up more time. Um, cause I know you've been doing it full time for the most part, but for me, I was still working part time somewhere, but like borderline full time job somewhere else. Um, and it was just taking up a lot of my time, a lot of my energy, and I wasn't able to like dedicate towards, you know, creating content and stuff like that the way I wanted to. But now my schedule has shifted so much like in my favor to be able to do that full time now, um, or at least full time for the most part. Um, and this has only oh, been yeah. super recent. Like it was this this week and last week I've had that um, schedule change and I just feel like I've gotten so much more done. I've been able to like create more of a system for myself that I didn't have before. I've also gotten past like a lot of limiting beliefs that were sort of holding me back from 
just putting stuff out and creating because I can't tell you how much I've created something and then not put it out. Um, I think we've probably talked about that like way in the past, but um, it's always good to be reminded. Yeah, it was a good reminder, um, a good way to like integrate it and just kind of start taking action towards, you know, what I want to see happen in my life. Um, but I've definitely gotten some overflow from you because I've been on your podcast so much. So I've noticed my followers going up on Instagram. Um, my followers are still going up on YouTube as well. Like I have over 40,000 there. And um, overall, I just have like a lot more um, inspiration to create and a lot more energy now. Um, so many ideas, but it was a matter of like taking those ideas and sort of mapping out when I want to do things, how I want to do things, because I had all of these ideas just kind of floating around in my head. Um, but for them to be able to be brought down into physicality, I had to give them structure, um, which as someone who's super feminine now um, was kind of hard for me to do for a while because I was so in my feminine energy and just, you know, I was thinking of all these ideas I wanted to create, um, but I was like resting a little too much and it was integrating for a little too long. So my bounce back game has to, you know, be improved, but I'm getting the hang of it now. I feel like I'm growing. Find that balance. Yeah, exactly. Hell yeah. I mean, that's what's important, right? And even by what you're saying, it sounds like you're starting to find that flow of, you know, where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be doing. And something you mentioned in there that I think would be really helpful to people, you mentioned getting over limiting beliefs. And so, you know, I believe the first thing with limiting beliefs is that you need to acknowledge they're there. You need to be able to see what it is. And then not only do you need to see it, but you need to then take action past it. So in your situation, your story, you know, how did you identify what limiting beliefs were holding you back from this flow? And then after that, how did you take action to get past them? Um, so I am now kind of discovering that a lot of our limiting beliefs are sort of like intertwined and connected and they um, sort of bleed into like almost every area of our life, even if we think it affects only one area of our life, it's affecting so many others. Um, so I had a limiting belief that I wasn't enough, like I wasn't worthy of, you know, so many different things. But in general, very vague, I just I felt I wasn't enough. And that played a part into my people pleasing. Um, I felt I needed to be absolutely 100% perfect and prove to other people that I was that. Um, or else I might as well not even do it. You know what I mean? Super um, unfulfilling, like self-sabotaging mindset. But um, with that, hold on, let me pause one second because I, I feel like I start to bring these up and then it's like coming back. It's like trigger warning, you know what I mean? For myself and probably other people too. So let me just take a second. <sighs> okay. So with that, I discovered that I only did that in terms of people pleasing, excuse me. I people pleased in order to control other people's perception of me. And that was rooted in the belief of me not being enough, not having enough value. And, you know, if I'm not able to be the most perfect image in somebody else's eyes, I might as well not even do it. Um which when it comes to content creation is really hard because 
you have, let's say on my YouTube channel, I have over 40,000 eyes on me. I have 40,000 perceptions that I'm trying to fit the mold of, which can be really exhausting. There's, It's impossible to please that many people to their 100% satisfaction. Um, you know, so that really held me back in a lot of ways. But what was interesting to me is I had a few experiences in the part-time job that I was working this past year and a little bit of last year too. Um, although I didn't necessarily want to be there, you know, because I wanted to fulfill my dreams. I've learned so much in this part-time job that I needed to learn on this journey. And um, with this job, it's allowed me to sort of be, I don't want to say force because it's not force, but I was put into these different roles. I had to wear many hats with this job and it inspired me and motivated me to tap into all of these different skill sets that I have that I didn't even know that I had. You know what I mean? And one of those skill sets is that I can really do anything I put my mind to. And as long as I'm doing my absolute best with that thing, it doesn't matter if it's meeting someone's expectations to 100% capacity. You know, as long as I know in myself that I did my very best and I'm giving myself props because I'm doing something that maybe I don't even have formal training in, I did pretty great. Like I did amazing, probably up to the standard of somebody who does it professionally um, with a lot of things I've noticed. And I, I needed to give myself more credit for that. Um, and with that entire like story, I just I I started to shift and mold that limiting belief into no, like I'm way more than enough. I, I have a lot of value I can give to people. Um, so there's a lot of like different stories and life experiences wrapped up into that like big life lesson. But overall, um, still integrating it now. Obviously, it's still like a trigger, but. Um, and I'm not perfect with it. Trust me. I've, I've still had experiences lately where I'm trying to set boundaries with people and people that like want to push them a little further. I've failed straight up, um, but I'm learning every single day with it. And I'm just learning to bring that imperfection um, to my content as well, because people can relate to that. Um, and nobody wants to watch somebody perfect. You know, like that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's not it's relatable. Yeah. Um, I've been put in a lot of these situations lately where I've noticed like where I've come from culturally in my community growing up, like everybody's so quote unquote imperfect. Um, but our imperfections play a part into this like beautiful story that we're all living every single day. Um, and I, I think I'm just like waiting for the day where I'm able to look back and see the beauty of it all, even though I, I do see it now. I know that's part of also manifesting it. Um, but I'm just like waiting for that huge moment where I know like I, I look back at everything that I've gone through, every adversity, and I'm like, ah, this feels great. I, I appreciate every single challenge that I've ever been through, you know, but I already feel it now. It's just, you know, I'm waiting for that moment so I can break down and cry and be like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you can cry right now if you want. Hey, I mean, shoot, I was <laughs> like, that was coming up for a second. Um, I didn't know it was, well, no, you know, I, it was still being integrated that much, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I deeply appreciate, you know, you going to that place and being vulnerable because conscious monkeys, I need to tell you about these psychedelic fabric mushrooms that 
are absolutely incredible that I've just come across. They're all one of a kind and are honestly a perfect trip buddy. They're an incredible addition to anyone's like house or room who takes psychedelics and you have a certain spot that you like to go and relax. You're going to have to check out these Aquarius mushrooms. These high-end mushrooms are made with 100% recycled material and are all one of a kind. Honestly, these mushrooms are something I'm not going to be able to describe in words alone. You're going to need to check out the link below and search to see if you can find one that resonates with your soul. Remember, they're all one of a kind and made from 100% recycled material. Aquarius mushrooms. Premium mushrooms for the new age of enlightenment. Get yours today. Conscious Monkeys, I need to bring your attention to this company that I've been using over the past few months, and probably longer now if you're hearing this, that has absolutely changed the way that I'm actually interfacing with the world. It's a company by the name of Conscious Technologies, and what they do is actually create these harmonizing units. And what it does is it actually takes the rotation of EMF frequencies that are in your area and harmonizes them. They make them in line with the true natural frequency of the universe around you. And they're incredible products. I actually went and I've tested out their quantum flow unit. I've tested out their meditation bed, their core harmonizer. And quite frankly, they were so incredible that I actually bought the cell phone EMF harmonizer for my cell phone. I was also lucky enough that Ross threw in a necklace as well. So I've been wearing that thing and quite frankly, I'm even wearing it to bed and my dreams have become so vivid and just intense that it's pretty insane. I honestly feel so grateful to have it. Their mission is to bring forth technologies that support the harmony of mankind and the world at large. Go check out their stuff. I mean, looking's for free. And if I'm being honest, if you click the link below and make a purchase, I do get some kickback. But quite frankly, I wouldn't be promoting it if it didn't work. So with that being said, go check them out. Conscious Technologies, LLC. Link below. Now let's get back to the interview. I've even noticed with my own stuff in this setting, sharing it on a podcast or just talking it out loud. I mean, I've seen it even with so many other guests that I've had on. It's just by sharing that, like that gets it out, that gets it out into the Mm -hmm. atmosphere that like that will help you on that journey. And I believe we've talked about this where I had sexual, was it sexual trauma? Mm -hmm. Uh, There was like a past life with, uh, you know, the Akashic Records. That was a story that I actually, you know, I came across it like 10 months ago at this point, Mm. almost a year. And it was just last week where I was with a group of people who I had never met before. Mind you, this is like the first time meeting them. I only knew one kid who I met 24 hours prior and I'm about to leave the event. And we started talking about spirituality and consciousness and it gets to my Akashic record story like came up. And (laughs) I'm kind of getting choked up thinking about it now. (laughs) And here I am standing in front of 10 people, maybe 15, 10 to 15 people about to tell my entire Kashuk record story of like that brutality with like in the middle ages of the 1700s. And I'm just like, dude, it was crazy too. The, (laughs) The wildest thing too, is I like paused right before it. And I'm like, do you guys want the PG 13 version or like the rated R version? (laughs) Rated R. And they're like, I was like, if we're going to, yeah, if we're going to go there, we're going to listen to it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And right when they said that, the wind like started picking up and like there was a bonfire and it started crackling like loud. And I'm just like, whoa. (laughs) I sit back, I'm like, oh shit. Okay, I get it. everyone else is like yeah uh, i think the universe is telling you you got to say this yeah it, it was there it was apparent <laughs> but the point yeah and the point that i the point that i bring this up is just that 
it's going to be an integration journey, right? Like Mm -hmm. that choking up, like you being able to push through that is so crucial to integrating traumas, integrating, you know, these past experiences because it gives you like that new perspective to push through and hell, maybe there's even something I can offer or you're even helping somebody else by bringing this up on the podcast. And there's so many people that I have had on where I see that little pause that they have. And, you know, it's just me being comfortable and being able to sit back to get them to open up to that and actually share it. Because I I truly believe that's how we evolve and heal as a collective human species. I agree. I I definitely agree. Like um, with that, I feel comes a form of acceptance, you know, being able to talk about it. And um, I, I think there's a lot of growth in being able to talk about it with it, even if it still triggers you a little bit. Um, it's still something that you're working through. As long as it's not triggering you as deeply as it was before, there's still growth there. Apologies on that, guys. Quick glitch. I uh, accidentally hit my hand on something. So <laughs> you see something quick there. Uh, well, that was that. But, but TR, what were you saying? <laughs> we'll uh, we'll find a way to cut that nicely. Oh yeah, yeah, it's to- totally fine. Um, it's funny because when you cut out there. Um, I have these affirmations on my lock screen um, with the iOS 16 update, and it says change is easy for me. And it's it, kind of exactly what I was talking about um, in terms <laughs> of, you know, with your triggers sort of being less triggering or not as triggering as they were before. There's there's growth there. It's evident that, um, you know, in your transformation and evolution through healing, whatever past experience, you know, formed that negative limiting belief, um, that self-sabotaging mindset. Um, you know, there's, there's just healing that's been done already. Like there's something to be proud of there. Um, you know, even like I said, it's a journey. It's, it's not something that I'm even a hundred percent healed through in terms of like my past wounds with the people pleasing and being a perfectionist and, um, all of that. But, Every single day, I'm just proud of myself for getting one step better or like one more step healed, if that makes sense. So, no, it does. And I mean, even more so to extrapolate on kind of the entire story you're talking about, you have this vision of becoming like a content creator. And I can even tell from my experience the things you're saying, you know, about wearing multiple hats, because I do everything myself from recording the podcast, scheduling guests, creating uh, clips Mm -hmm. to finding people to bring on the show to responding to all the DMS. You have to find that balance in order to wear the multiple hats. And then even more so if you're people pleasing and here's an interesting thing with boundaries is it seems like they can still shift over time. So absolutely. Even myself, as I'm kind of going through this process, like I need to figure out who I can bring on the show and figure out what boundaries I'm willing to set with certain people in certain situations, because it goes all the way from responding to DMS to certain people coming on the podcast and what are the barriers that you're going to set up around them. And so, you know, as a frame switch or as a frame shift, let's call it, even looking at it as like, you know, experiencing a new situation, a situation you've never been in before, experiencing it. And then after the fact saying, oh, I wish I would have handled that better. 
as opposed to saying that it's more, Oh, now I know next time I'm going to handle it differently in this situation. Exactly. It's, it's not happening to you. It's happening for you, like constantly ingraining that mentality. Um, cause I did have a, a situation recently, like I said, where I sort of folded on my boundary with someone. Um, and that's, you know, I set my boundary with them on the same thing, probably like three or four times already. And I was already like pretty sort of proud of myself for doing that. But um, this is someone who um, it's very close to me and I love them dearly. But, you know, we all kind of have these sort of manipulative tactics or behaviors that maybe we're not aware of um, still. And, you know, that sort of is something that occurred and it caused me to you know, fold on my boundary in the way that I felt that I needed to defend something about myself um, and prove to them, again, I'm controlling the, their perception of me, couldn't uh, like prove something to them um, that they were sort of mistaking about me um, or misunderstanding about me. And, ooh, that was like really, really challenging because in that you, you sometimes in person, you have seconds to make that decision of how you're going to uphold your boundary. And for me, I'm, I'm able to do it like if I'm texting someone um, because I'm able to work through what I'm trying to say, what my thought process is, how I want to set this boundary with somebody, how I'm going to say it gracefully and deliver it with kindness and love. But in person, you're like, there's so many things going through your mind at one time. Um, so I folded straight up and I was kind of mad at myself for a few days after that, because then it, it caused me to like follow through with the fold on my boundary. I then had to do something. Right. Um, but I had a really long conversation with my partner actually. And he was like, listen, this, this challenge that you're going through right now is happening for you. It's prepping you for bigger battles that you'll be able to handle and face. It's essentially prepping you to handle more energy. And when he said that, I was like, you know, my shoulders just dropped. Like it entirely changed the narrative of the situation for me. Um, and I was able to look at it in the way that like, okay, this is meant to serve me in some way. Um, and holding more energy could be so beneficial in so many different ways. Um, and immediately my thought went to like more business mindset or like finances so we know like money is energy, right? And when you're a content creator, sometimes that underlying uh, thought is like, where's my next big check coming from? You know, because we have multiple streams of income, but they're all kind of inconsistent. You know, you have some money from YouTube here, maybe some money from TikTok here, some money from Instagram here, um, but it fluctuates. There's seasons, there's ebbs and flows with that. Um, but you're constantly like kind of wanting a little bit more each time. And because money is energy, you're going to have to be able to hold and be a container for more energy if you want to make more income. That's kind of the way I thought about it. And ever since then, um, I've been working on that in terms of my self-concepts and like just seeing myself as I'm someone who's able to hold a lot of energy gracefully and just shifting that sort of belief in myself and constantly reaffirming that to myself. I've seen a lot of changes in my reality um, to the point where I've even seen myself, quote unquote, working less now. I'm not necessarily working less, but I'm doing things that I enjoy more and I'm making more money. And 
it's it's an absolutely like monumental pivotal point to to be at it's such a mind-blowing experience conscious monkeys are you looking for a zbd cream that actually works i've tried many different zbd products and i've really never truly felt like any of them have worked for me like maybe there'd be like a little bit of tingling and then it would fade pretty quickly then came along revive cbd from the first time i tried it on i could tell that there was something different about this product i noticed that any joint pain i had was gone within minutes of applying it and it lasted for a significant duration i don't have an exact time for you guys but do your own test <laughs> So if you're still looking for the right CBD cream, then this might be the right one for you. Because if you resonate with my vibe, then maybe you'll resonate with this vibe. I actually kind of just made that up on the spot. So hopefully you liked it. <laughs> Check out the link below. And as a side note, like always, the link below is an affiliate link. But again, I would not be promoting them if it didn't work for me. So hopefully it'll work for you. Again, check it out below, myrevibe.com. Get yours today. Conscious Monkeys, if you're looking to start your own podcast, I have the two tools that you need to use to get that show on the road. And the names are Buzzsprout and Riverside. I'm combining these into one ad because, you know, I've honestly had nothing but the best for them. But if you're going to be using one of them, you might be using the other one. So what Buzzsprout is, is essentially the platform that I use to put my podcast out there. It's the reason you can hear this. That's the reason that I appear on all these different directories. The thing you might also need is that if you're interviewing people, you're going to need Riverside as well. And quite frankly, I'm using it right now to even just record these podcasts because they will even dilate in, dilate in. I don't think that's the right phrase for it. They will harmonize your voice so that it sounds equivalent. So if I start talking quiet at one point, they have a built-in editor that will actually make your voice sound crisp. I highly suggest Buzzsprout and Riverside. Go check out the links below in the description. And like always, these are affiliate links. So I do get a minor kickback if you do sign up with them. However, like always, they are incredible. The support has been on point and they always get back to me. So I highly recommend them. If you have any questions, they're there to help. So with that being said, go check it out in the link below and let's get back to the interview. Whenever yeah. you're able to get to that point and you're like, you're like, wait, I'm not doing that much. But then all this, where's all this money coming from? Right. <laughs> How did this just show up? Like, I didn't expect this to happen. Right. Yeah. The, the visual I was getting when you were talking there was kind of like of a bucket, you know, and if you have a bucket and there's like holes in it, you know, you're going to be leaking. Imagine the water's energy, right? If you've got mm -hmm. too many holes in it, you can keep filling up the bucket, but you're not going to be able to use any of it because it's just like leaking through those holes. And it's almost like whenever you kind of call out to the universe of like, I want more, I want this, help me heal that. It kind of is like, okay, like, let me show you how you apply this bandaid to this hole. And so, you know, your process would have been applying this bandaid three or four times, but that bandaid kept falling off for whatever reason. And then, yeah. you know, it's like, you just got to maybe patient or maybe the whole like is transforming. And I mean, we're dealing with other people. So like they're on their own journey as well. And they're figuring out how to figure out life as well. So, right. you know, it's not just a stagnant hole, but I found that to be a pretty interesting visualization that was coming to me when you were talking about setting boundaries and becoming a stronger container for being able to hold more energy. Yeah. I, I love that metaphor because even instead of using a band-aid, maybe I need to use something else in order to patch this hole. Like maybe at the time, whatever 
methodology I was using to sort of heal this past wound of mine or to try to integrate um, these new belief systems, maybe that wasn't necessarily working. And maybe I just need to shift um, what I'm using, you know, and that could be anything in terms of like the modality that you're using. Maybe uh, before Mm -hmm. I was just kind of scripting or journaling. Um, but maybe I need to do hypnosis. Maybe I need to do some more meditation. Maybe I need to do yoga, you know? So you have to use different things to sort of patch up these wounds and holes. It's it's not any one way, or you might have to patch up one hole differently that you patched up this other one, you know? Um, Because we're all so unique in terms of our life experience. No, no, it's a, that's honestly a beautiful thing that you bring up because I've started noticing that in my life as well, that there's almost these different tools or modalities, as you called it, where you can apply them in different situations and see which one works as well. And, you know, if I were to list it off, I'm probably up to, oh man, let's see here. I have lifting, yoga, jujitsu, sauna, meditation, Akashic records, dream journaling, and to not bore you guys without the list, but I probably have two or three more. So having 10 different modalities, journaling is another one, having 10 different modalities in order to figure out where something's coming from, like gives you this entire arsenal to repair these holes that appear in your bucket, or maybe your bucket keeps growing to another size and you need to add on to the top layer of the bucket. And so to your point, like, I think that's the most beautiful thing maybe that I've personally found through my podcast is being able to find those different modalities that people have to offer. And I mean, even shout out to you for introducing me to uh, Holly, who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Yes. Incredible conversation. She has a, I mean, she has a really cool dream journal thing that like super helped me out and you might use it as well with you're shaking your head um, (laughs) with like interpreting the dreams. That is cool as fuck. Yes. She, um, I talked to her actually a long time ago on Clubhouse is where I met her. Um, and okay. she, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say introduced me to um, like dream journaling. Cause I was already like writing down my dreams, but more so interpreting dreams. Um, mm. And I loved the way that she did it. She did one for me way back when um, through zoom, I think she still offers that actually. And everything she said just resonated so much. And she's just like, yeah, like, I mean, it's literally your mind talking to you. Your subconscious is talking to you in the form of these visual images and these metaphors. That's it. Conscious monkeys. I've got something out there for all my coaches, anybody who has digital courses, anybody who's creating content, whether it's audio or video, you got to check out SuperPass. SuperPass is the super dope platform that I've been using now, and they're actually what has enabled my app to work. It's what's enabled me to start generating income and to help people more effectively. If you are a content creator, you create audio, video, whatever it may be, SuperPass might be the choice for you because they'll provide you with your own app and they have a great online service to also help you out. So I'm not going to put in too much because everything they do is way too much to pack into this one ad. I will say go click the link below because that is where you'll be able to find all the information. This is an affiliate link and I wouldn't be promoting them if it didn't help me. Click the link below and go check out SuperPass. With that being said, Conscious Monkeys, let's get back to the last segment of the interview. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. And just, that's a good point as well. It's like the way to interpret, the way to understand these thoughts that you're having. 
And if we tie this back into our earlier part of the conversation, it's like we have a million thoughts a day, you know, figuring out which one of those are limiting us from getting to that higher place that we're trying to get to can be difficult. I mean, and this has been something I've kind of, I don't want to say struggled with, but have almost questioned throughout all of my life where it's like, here's the way that I'm doing it. Somebody new comes in and says, hey, here's a different way or how I think you should be doing it. And then I sit there and think about it and I'm like, okay, which one of these is actually more accurate? You know, there has mm-hmm. to be truth to this. And I believe that the <laughs> the biggest time this came to me was whenever uh, my TikTok originally blew up because you have all these comments of people saying how wrong you are, how you know crazy you are. And there's a part of you that's like, that still has that piece of wanting to integrate what other people say to see the truth in it. But I think the bigger issue becomes is when you're dealing with people that you have no idea who they are, they have no credibility because it's a random name on a screen, no offense to anybody, but that's just our relationship at a certain level. Uh, You, you have to learn how to almost, and this might help you as well to kind of either not look at them or just realize that they don't know who you are. You don't know who they are. So, you know, for all we know, it could just be a bot and it, you know, it, it becomes difficult to actually, integrate that into your life or try to even discern that as legitimate advice because you have no idea who or what is saying those words or even how they're saying those words, which is huge as well. That's very true. That's very true. Like um, I've definitely noticed it with myself too. And it always happens when you have a few pieces of content that are kind of, you know, going more into the masses. Um, I, I did see one recently and usually comments like that don't bother me when I saw one. Um, someone said, this is useless. <laughs> like this information is lo- useless. Um, and at first I'm like, well, dang, you know, you, you, you kind of take it to heart because you're like, I want to provide value to people, you know. Um, but like you said, you have to use discernment. You know, you don't know the context of which this person is saying this. Um, they also are only seeing one small snippet of, you know, lengthier pieces of content. Um So you have to take all of that into account and also just knowing that like that person's at a certain point in their journey and maybe they might just have a lot of a lower vibrational emotion and they are just finding ways to get it out. And you just happen to be, you know, kind of in their mess a little bit, not in their mess, but it's sort of leaking out to you. And um, that has nothing to do with you. You can just brush it off and you can keep it moving. It doesn't have to be your mess just because it's their mess. Right. And, and I'm interested what you think from like an energetics place with this, because there has to be some sort of like energy signature or connection that's made. And I'm thinking about this in relation, like my IG post is up to like 2.5 million views. So like a good majority of those people, especially the ones who are now following there has to be some level of them thinking about me, like whether it's positive or negative, no matter what it is, there's some level in their mind that creates this representation of who Clayton is. So at some level, does there become this like energetic attachment to me that then like, I'm curious, I guess I'm curious just what your opinion is of this, because I've kind of felt it lately where like, you know, the emotions kind of fluctuate, but nothing's like changing with me. And I have this feeling that, because there's more people thinking about me or that there's a perception of Clayton in more people's heads that at some level it's affecting who I am as a person. Mm. 
I, I can see what you're saying. Um, I think that maybe, so I'm thinking about it in terms of, I think Neville Goddard's um, philosophy of everybody's you pushed out. Um, so if you're sort of subscribing to the the way in which they perceive you, in a sense, I think maybe there's a small part of your subconscious that may be perceiving yourself as that as well. Um, especially if you're sort of attracting that into your energy field. Um, that's just kind of how I think of it. That might be a little bit of a controversial topic, but even um, like the guy that commented on one of my posts saying this information is useless, I thought to myself, is there a small part of my subconscious that thinks what I'm delivering to people is useless and it's not of value? And I mean, to be honest, yeah, there, there was a small part of my subconscious that was saying that to myself. And, and you know, that small doubt was there that I was providing any sort of value to someone. And, you know, that was just a big indicator to me that, okay, there's still some healing that needs to be done there. There's still some integration that needs to be done there. That's an interesting point. It's a very interesting point because whenever the TikTok thing went viral, mm -hmm. I was talking about something that I really didn't know much about at all. And I could tell that there was some for sort of triggering whenever other people would like stitch it and mm -hmm. put their own opinion on it. Mm. There's some triggering within me that didn't want to see that. Mm. But to your point, it's probably because I intrinsically knew, okay, I didn't do a lot of research with re researching this thing. There is some truth here, but let me see where the difference is. And I think to your point, like it it's almost humbling in a sense, right? Because yeah it takes you to this perspective of maybe I don't know everything, which of course I don't. And I think it also comes to an interesting perspective where I believe that everybody is right now, mm. you know, how right you are can change variants based on your energetic signature. So I, I think it's helped me because I've gotten to a point, especially with my most recent one where, you know, people are like, this is insane. This is crazy. Imagine being, what's the, what was the big one? Imagine being this dumb stuff like that. And it's like, it's, it's very fascinating. <laughs> it's fascinating because I know that that's, and it comes back to your point because I know that that's a piece of me. Like I know yeah. whenever I was less spiritually inclined, whenever I was more wrapped up in the physical world, I would have probably said the same thing had that come across my feet as well. Right. Right. There's a small part of you like past you in you still. Um, and I think that's why, like, I'm sometimes like so um, intrigued with our psyches because our psyche really doesn't have a concept of time. It's past, present, and future is always simultaneously happening. So um, even like right here in this now moment, if we're consciously saying new things to ourselves, like um, I'm very intelligent, I'm, I'm super wise, I have, I'm full of wisdom, um, we have to still sort of go back in our past. And there's, there's a lot of uh, meditations that people do where they kind of go back into the past and let's say they're reliving a traumatic event through visualization. They rewrite that memory in, in their psyche. So that way it writes a new story. And now your sort of neural pathways are rewired. And, and now you're not even that person that experienced the traumatic event anymore. You're now this new person 
in this here now moment that experience something completely different because we can shift a memory or we can literally change a memory. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe that that's to your point, maybe that's part of your past self in you still. And you kind of have to work through like those things that you used to say to yourself back then, or maybe, um, you know how we kind of used to, I don't, I don't want to say used to, because I mean, we do it now, but we're more healed versions of ourselves. But when we would sort of, um, criticize ourselves like oh my god you know you're so dumb or i look like shit today you know what i mean um everybody has done that at some point and although it might have been just like a small moment in time that maybe faded away into nothingness like it still happened and your subconscious still is sort of reliving that moment because it's past present and future is always happening if that makes sense um so that's kind of how i think about it and that's why um, I think it's so important to like constantly be reaffirming new belief systems to yourself, constantly be doing like the deep shadow work, the transformative work to heal parts of your past, your trauma, even past lives. Cause like, I know you're into Akashic record reading, like going back into past lives and like reliving those moments, coming to acceptance, healing in terms of what happened, changing the narrative in terms of what happened and what that means for you now, I think is so powerful. It can literally make you a new person. You know, like I've definitely done it in terms of meditations um, or even, I guess we can probably talk, excuse me, talk about this a little bit too. Like when I went to Salem, um, had no idea why I had to go there um, other than having a reoccurring dream when I was a kid and talking to a psychic saying like, yeah, you you need to go back there. Um, had no idea really why I was there, but there was probably some part of me, whether that had been in this life, past life, whatever, that had to go back there to change the narrative of how I felt in that city, you know, like whatever that may have been. Um, and I mean, there's obviously probably lots of layers in terms of what that would have meant for me, but I just think that changing the narrative of a past story or a past belief is really what can sort of catapult you into like, like quantum shift you into a new dimension, which I do feel like you kind of did once you hit a certain point of virality and, you know, your followers are literally doubling every 24 hours, not even you're, you're sort of quantum shifting. It's interesting you say that because for two reasons, one, I was like, holy shit, I think I quantum shifted here a little bit. Mm -hmm. And this actually gets really interesting because this touches on the podcast right before you, uh, who I was talking to yesterday, two days ago. So I always had this belief in my mind that TikTok was easy to go viral on TikTok hundreds of thousands of followers meant nothing. Anyone can do it. It's easy. And what do you know? It happened. Some time passed a little bit and I was not seeing any of the same with Instagram whatsoever. Like I was maybe at like 1500 followers and I realized like breaking that down that my mindset, my mindset around TikTok was that it was easy to grow. I was like, well, why don't I just shift that mindset of Instagram? So anytime it comes up in my mind, it's like, oh, it's easy to grow. It's easy to grow. Just keep rewriting that. Mm -hmm. And what do you know? You do it (laughs) enough times and Mm -hmm. one video blows up, right? And and here's the interesting thing too. Here's what I find super fascinating about my both of my situations, right? TikTok was 
I mean, of course, more went viral after the fact with TikTok, and I think more are doing that with Instagram as well. But what's really fascinating to me is that one went off on TikTok, got like 2 million views, and I got like 150,000 followers from it. And then on Instagram, one video that's still going viral as we're speaking got 2.5 million views and has 60,000 followers. And I find it so fascinating, and both those numbers are still growing. I find it so fascinating the views to follower trade-off that I've experienced in both situations. Mm. Because I believe that there are a lot of people who will who can have a video go viral. Hell, I've seen a lot of TikTokers have videos over 2 million, 3 million views and a fraction of the followers that I have. Mm. So I find it very fascinating. And I don't know if you've seen something similar to this, but to me, I found it very fascinating that trade-off. And it's interesting too, because the, what I was talking about with the podcast yesterday, and I'll just leave it at this, that the girl I was talking to said like the same exact thing back to me where she was like, yeah, I always, I felt like TikTok was easy to go viral on and get followers. But, you know, I, I feel like Instagram's crazy to, is like hard to get like followers and all this stuff. And <laughs> when she said it, I kind of perked up. I was like, I had that same thought at one point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's part of the uh, collective unconscious of Instagram. Everybody thinks it's hard to grow on Instagram now. You know, everybody's complaining about the algorithm and, um, you know, all that stuff. And I mean, I've even done it, too. Like uh, when it comes to like story views or something, I'm like, how in the world did I get hundreds of story views this one day? But then the next day I get like maybe 98. Like what's going on? Um and then just like you, I'm like, okay, I got to rewrite this story if I don't want to manifest this in physicality. And um, what I was reflecting on the other day was like how much us as human beings, like we're the one speech species, excuse me, um, that can sort of override programming. Like that is mm. absolutely wild to me. Like we can mm. have this running program, right? then once we become conscious of it or aware that this program is running, we're like, yeah, let's override that. I don't want that to happen anymore. Like th the amount of power in that I think is so just, it's underrated, <laughs> seriously. It's very underrated. That's interesting because I've always been looking for some sort of, uh, let's say gap or like leap in consciousness of like, why are humans... Like, like, what does it mean to be conscious, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, at some level you can say that animals are conscious, which, you know, is fair. Yeah. Even if you go down that ladder where it gets weird is the conversation of if, you know, a computer is conscious or like a stationary mm -hmm. object yeah. is conscious or has consciousness a part of it. And <laughs> avoiding that conversation, <laughs> I, I find it, <laughs> I always find it interesting that we can deem like, cause there's some animals that can carry out some tasks, like very medial, very basic tasks. Right. And it gets interesting to think like, where's the next step, right? Is like that ability to actually overwrite your, your past, the ability to change your past, which can then change your future, change your present, you know, all of those things. And so I don't know where I'm going with that, but I find that to be a very fascinating and interesting idea that we're really the only species on earth that is able to rewrite our mind. Yeah. I, I find it really interesting too. It's something I definitely reflect on. Um, but emphasis on species on earth, maybe we're not, or <laughs> maybe there's, um, you know, other species out there in the universe that are also able to do it as well. 
Um, maybe there's even other people that, or not people, but other species that help us out with doing it. Like we really don't know. Um, and you know, what's something uh, funny I saw on TikTok the other day is um, I think the Air Force is changing like their logo and it has a UFO on it now. Did you see that? I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, uh, it's the same UFO that um, the one guy drew. Uh, what was the guy? Bob. Is it Bob or Bill? His last name starts with an L. Oh, I think I uh, uh, had like a documentary. Yeah. I've heard it. Oh my gosh. Now you're like making me remember it, but I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it too. <laughs> Bill, Bob Lazar. Yeah. Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar. There it is. Yeah. Bob Lazar. Yeah. They, they drew, they basically put in the same exact UFO that he had on it yeah yeah my thing we're, we're here we'll start with you where, where are you at on the whole ufo disclosure like why do you think the government because i think at this point we can all agree at least the people that listen to this podcast can agree that we're not alone in the universe mm -hmm. there are conscious beings probably more conscious than we are that exist in the universe so and i think at this point we all know that the government is very well aware of ufos whether it's the cia or the fbi or the pentagon whoever yeah. it doesn't matter oh yeah where do you stand on where do you stand on why the government has not yet said yep we're we're not alone? Mm -hmm. That's that I think I truly don't know. Like I could have my assumptions and sort of um, you know assume why, but have no idea if this could be true. I have seen that they've been like spoon, like giving us small spoonfuls of information. Um, and I also am a big fan of cosmic disclosure on Gaia TV. I don't know if anybody else watches it, but um, I think a lot of it has to do with us not fully understanding like their technology or like where they come from, how they got here. Like there's still so much that we don't know. And I think that sometimes the government um, doesn't want to admit that they don't know something to us because then everybody like goes haywire and chaos like breaks loose. You know what I mean? Not literally, but um, I think we've kind of seen it with like the panini that happened. Um, you know, there was so much confusion and sort of chaos around that topic and it starts to like divide people. It starts to create like so much dissonance in society. So um, the government, I think, is just, it, it wants to be right about whatever idea that they want to put out there, or at least, I don't want to say right, but they want to be able to give us a solid answer, even if it isn't right, but something that allows mm -hmm. the masses to sort of subscribe to this idea, um, because that's kind of what they do with everything. That might be kind of controversial to say, but I think that is partially why. Um, I mean, there's CIA declassified documents out there too, like to read that says, you know, other entities and beings like are, have been here, are here. Um, we've found craft, we've seen craft, we've gone inside craft, like there's all of these things. Um, so yeah, I, I really don't have a direct answer to that. I, I guess I'm one of those people just kind of like sitting back and seeing what happens. Um, but I know that there's also people out there that have had experiences with other entities and beings. Um, I have myself as well. I can't say whether or not they were um, extraterrestrial or not, but yeah, I mean, the, the possibilities are en endless with that because we live in such a vast universe. What do you think though? 
I think that a part of your answer I agree with, which is like that the element of them wanting to be right. And I would take it a step further and even say like they want to be right in a sense that they can control the narrative or the direction that the information would go or at least know how people would react to it. Yeah. Because, you know, like you're saying, if you have no idea how people react, that's how you lose control. Yeah. And I think we can all agree that government and all these organizations want to control us, at least maybe not physically, but at least mentally. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's an element of that. I think there's an element of them just, and I think this is a big piece, right? Is that they just don't know. I, yeah. I think that they might be too, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, I just don't think that they have the in-tuned information or the 100% wherewithal to have certain conversations because if they come out and they're like, yeah, we're not alone, but we don't know why, like, we don't <laughs> know why they're here. Like that would be that that's, that's the answer that I think they would say if they had, if they came out today, they'd be like, yeah, we know that we're not alone. There's aliens out there. They've been disabling our mute nukes and we don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. <laughs> I think that I, to me, I'm like, that's why they're not coming out and saying anything is because they don't actually know why they're here. They don't maybe consciously or even want to believe that they're here to help progress humanity. And even from a, and here's what's really interesting. You can find that majority of UFO sightings are found around nuclear plants or nuclear facilities. So where it gets interesting is that the reason that they're majority there is because they actually go through and disable nukes. Yeah. You can find a boatload of uh, Navy officers who talk about how nukes just go offline. They see a UFO that just goes offline. They see a UFO, it shoots red lasers at the nukes and then it goes offline. And so it, even from a, strategic national defense point of view, they can't come out and say, Hey, we have this whole nuclear arsenal, but UFOs keep rendering them useless <laughs> because then from a war perspective, that we just drop good. off a map. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That, uh, two things. <laughs> even though that, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, even though they're likely doing it in other countries as well, oh, it's yeah. not like they're signaling out the U S yeah. but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I, I was going to say two things. I think completely agree with what you're saying. I also think that the government in terms of war with that subject, whoops, um, they want to be able to control and they don't know how to and they can't. So that's part of that. Um, but also I do um, or I've heard before that, you know, extraterrestrials disable these nuclear um, weapons because God forbid we ever decided to use them. They not only cause destruction to Earth, but I've heard throughout the entire galaxy, if not universe, because of the type of energetic molecule and matter that is involved with nuclear weaponry. So I, I think that they're they're doing us a favor with that. Um, I don't even know why we have that. I don't even know why it's ever been invented, but um, they're definitely helping us out in ways that maybe we don't even understand yet. Um, and I mean, the, the government is interfering with that, which I mean, that just tends to happen, I guess. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much we don't know yet at all. Yeah. It's so crazy. I mean, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, who knows? Right. But I, I guess the point, what's the point? <laughs> is there even a point? <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, what was I thinking of though? I was thinking of something else. Do you have a topic you want to bring up? I know you were saying you wanted to ask questions uh, at the beginning of the interview. 
Yeah, I mean, I was actually more so intrigued with just uh, how you like were able to quantum jump so easily. Like, what do you think uh, contributed to that? I know we were talking about modalities earlier. Um, What do you feel you've done or the modalities that you've used that have allowed you to quantum jump so easily, you know, just with your perspective? The biggest one trying to think if there have been other things. I feel like a couple things. I, I think the big two, I'll say that there's two in the last couple weeks that I've really been focusing on. Number one is setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. I've been setting a lot of boundaries, mostly around conversations that I don't want to have anymore, where, you know, if someone keeps bringing up the same thing and I'm like, here's the solution and here's the solution and they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm at a point now where I'm like, I got to stop having this conversation. Mm-hmm. So I'd say number one is setting boundaries. But number two, that I don't believe anybody really talks about, I picked this up from a Tony Robbins seminar, which blew my mind that he was talking about this. But the core concept is, is if you're having a shitty day, majority of people don't need a reason to have a shitty day. Like you go up and ask someone what's wrong and they're just like, oh, bad day. And you're like, why? They're like, you know, woke up. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) that's it. (laughs) They're like, really? (laughs) You're like, so where it gets interesting is if you're able to have no reason at all to have a shitty day, then you can have no reason at all to be as happy and celebrating life as you possibly want. Mm -hmm. So where this comes to and what he talked about in this seminar was to actually physically jump up and down, like get up, stand up, jump up and down, get your feet off the ground start celebrating arms in the air, you know, beating your chest, fist bumping and scream, like yelling, like, woo, like, let's go. Yes. And being excited, just being excited for the day, for being alive, being grateful for what it is and visualizing combined with visualizing. This is what I added. Mm -hmm. He didn't say this, but I added visualizing the desired reality that I wanted to live in. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that cheering getting it's like like and if you don't know what this sounds like for some reason if you have no idea what that looks like look up uh like anybody hitting a game-winning shot um in a basketball game or scoring a game-winning touchdown hitting off a walk-off home run that's probably the best example is if you look up a walk-off home run when they jump on home plate you see the entire team jumping up and down do that for like two three minutes and it will change everything and I truly believe, and the next layer is, I truly believe that this has been a huge help of quantum leaping. And I believe that the next step is, the next step, the next step is noticing in your body when you start to feel tight, because once you start feeling tight, that's whenever that onset of depression, like shame, guilt, fear, lower vibration starts to happen. So once you start recognizing that tightness, and this is why meditation is so powerful, once you recognize that tightness, go and jump up, get stand up, jump up, like, sh- like fist bump. Think about the reality you want to live in. Start yelling because in celebration of receiving all these things. And then even if I'm working on content, I'll sit back down in my chair and still like be like running around in my chair, like, because I want to keep that energy going in this new state of being in my chair. And so I think those are like the two biggest things that I've been doing that have completely changed my reality. I love that. I, there's so much there that I feel like we can 
kind of branch off from, but I feel like the main point with that is you're building so much momentum around your wish being fulfilled. If your wish was fulfilled already, that it's literally putting you in that moment physically, emotionally, like you're putting your body in that moment as if, um, which I mean, I know Neville Goddard talks about in like all of these, you know, manifestation, um, law of attraction, law of assumption, sort of leaders and teachers talk about. And I've, I've noticed very similar things with that as well. Like I just hearing you say that I've been doing this weird thing where like, I just dance for no reason. Like I do little dances <laughs> when I'm by myself. Like mm -hmm. I just start breaking out and like dancing or I'll start singing or like kind of what you're saying, not cheering or clapping, but like, yeah. you know, just excited for no reason. Um, and I think we sort of fall into like really deep pits of darkness and we don't do that at all. And then we're just staying in the momentum of that vibration and frequency of like being anxious, depressed, miserable, and we don't even notice we're doing it. So by you purposely and consciously like taking yourself out and putting your momentum and shifting it, transforming that frequency into something else entirely is like your body doesn't even know what's going on in your environment sometimes in terms of like where you are. It just knows how it feels. So when you're feeling a certain oh, way, yeah. but maybe you're in the same environment that you've always been in, like, a, I guess what I'm thinking of right now is like, say you picture yourself in um, a new home, but you're, you're not feeling as if you're in your new home. If you're putting yourself in the state and you're giving the momentum that you're in the state of your new home, your body doesn't know the difference. You know what I mean? As long as it's feeling that way, then it'll be that way, especially if you know, your connected mind, body, and spirit through meditation, through other modalities like yoga, if all of that is so aligned and interconnected, that that reality will shift like that. Um, I think that's a really, really big point in what you're saying in terms of quantum jumping. Oh, 100%. And the thing is, is like, we've always, we even talked about that on episode 17 with you about, you know, feeling is a secret, how they talk about feeling into the moment. And as nice as that sounds to me, it doesn't like help, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, okay, I can feel happy, but like, yeah. how, what, like, or even like, what's the actionable steps or even if you don't know what happiness feels like, because if you're always stuck in a anger, fear, shame, guilt, you don't know how to get to that next level. And what this did was, is it's like, okay, now I have an actionable thing mm -hmm. that I can actually do to elevate my energy. And trust me, if you do this for three minutes, you can do it for 30 seconds, yeah. but the longer you do it, you will feel the energy in your body just raise yes. and you carry this energy with you everywhere you go. Everyone you talk to, you know, people could call you an idiot and tell you that your last three videos were terrible <laughs> and you'll just sit there and laugh. Yes. Truly. You'll be like, all right, cool. <laughs> Cause nothing else it's, matters. It's funny too, because Nothing else because you're just, you're, you're embodying that cheering. You got everything you want. And that's another big thing too, right? Is, and this, this is a big crux. Um, I think Tony Robinson talked about this as well, but the idea that the only reason you want something, you can think about anything you want, uh, whether it's the ideal relationship, living in a certain place, X dollars in your bank account, whether it's how successful you want your podcast to be. The only reason you want any of those things is because of the feeling that you are going to have whenever you achieve those mm -hmm. or the feeling you believe you're going to have once you achieve those things. Yeah. So why not bring all that into the present? 
why not jump up and down and start screaming and hooting and hollering about your podcast being number one, about your bank account being overfilled and just celebrate it right now. Because it, as all these teachers have told us, it, just because you want something, it means you're going to get it. And, and so you should, just by having that thought instantly, you should already be celebrating it because it's already here. Yes. Uh, to that point, um, a friend of mine and I were talking the other day about the frequency of jealousy um, and like sort of what that mm. means. And, um, you know, we both agreed on the fact that jealousy just means that you desire whatever that person has, you know, whatever it may be. And because that person has said thing, that means that that's also aligned for you too. You know, you're just here in this now moment. You're, you might be thinking about it in terms of you're lacking that thing, but really you can shift the vibration and frequency of jealousy to that thing is on its way to me. And, you know, and like you said, taking that actionable step to mm. them putting yourself in that reality is also super powerful because you're creating momentum now behind that belief. Um, which I think is probably one of the most powerful ways to attract whatever, you know, outcome you want to attract towards you. Um, cause sometimes with a uh, law of assumption or law of attraction, people think like, oh, I don't have to do anything. Um, which sure, you know, maybe sometimes depending on what the manifestation is, but we do have to take actionable steps cause we do live in a physical world. So I think that's really important to do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, to your point, like this whole jumping up and down, like it, going viral on TikTok, it wouldn't have, or Instagram even, it wouldn't have happened if I didn't actually make the videos. It mm -hmm. wouldn't have happened if I didn't actually create them. But with that being said, I did the jumping up and downs thing uh, before. And I think this is a testament to why when my stuff goes viral, then people would follow me, right? Because anyone can. I believe that, you know, just because you have a 2 million view video can be great and all, but if nobody follows you and follows up, then, you know, I, in my opinion, it's like, okay, like it's good to have that spurt, but you want to have the consistency where I'm going with this. Where am I going with this? Oh, I was doing that jumping it up and down and hooting and hollering, uh, before making all of those videos that I've made, the one with you included. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and I remember even just in the process of making them, when I just would, I would watch it like for the fifth time and my face would still light up and smile and be like, this is so freaking incredible. Like, I love this video. Like, and it didn't, the, the crazy thing is that the next level is it didn't matter to me if one person saw it or if 10 people saw it or if a hundred million people saw it, because I knew that this was something that needed to be created and something that I absolutely loved. So the rest didn't matter to me. And I, and I think that has a huge outcome as well, but I see that as being a symptom of the fact that I was celebrating and then creating something that I believed was great and in actuality is great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you said it entirely there. Like it's like following your joy, following what lights you up. Um, there's literally light in that experience. There's joy, there's love in that experience. If you're staying with the vibration of whatever is bringing you that, you know, you don't have to worry about how it'll come. You don't have to worry about when it'll come. As long as you're staying with that, it's coming to you. And I think that was also part of why it came to you. You weren't worried about how it happened or what video it happened with or when it happened. You just stayed with it. You stayed the course. You stayed the journey. Um, and it showed for itself. So. Yeah. And even another uh, side thing I forgot about 
but one of my visualizations is like, I want to just be receiving checks in the mail, like mm-hmm. just for being me. Cause that was the premise of our TikTok video. Yeah. And so I kind of started incorporating that maybe about a week ago of actually visualizing, you know, checks coming in the mail, just like the memo saying for being you. Yes. And, you know, I think it's, this is bras and impotence, but I actually, a day or two after doing that, I actually got a check in the mail, uh, from like some toll company in <laughs> California being like, Hey, there was a settlement, like here's some money. Oh, I love stories like that. <laughs> that, uh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I still, I, it wasn't, it wasn't a million dollars, but it was like, it was like, fuck man, like this is still sick. Something. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. Once you get um, Still a million dollars worth of being able to hold energy, then it'll come to. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. How do you, how do you kind of vi- visualize that? Right? Like if I were to sit here and say, huh, let me think about this. Yeah. Because, because I believe right as, and it might be an egotistical belief, but I have a belief that I am, I'm good to hold a million dollars. Right. So at what level does that no longer become an egotistical belief and actually a, a knowing or like a, an energetic signature of, yes, you are ready for this? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I think, you know, being aware that's an egotistical belief is, you know, also really powerful or just like a great place to start out with, because then you kind of have to humble the ego and be like, all right, bro, well, if you were able to hold a million dollars then you'd have it by now, you know what I mean? Um, in the most loving way possible, because we want to talk to our egos lovingly. But um, yeah, I, th- I think it's just starting out there, you know, because then you're able to kind of go down like those seven layers of why. Like, why don't I have a million dollars yet? If I do believe I am worthy of that or I'm able to hold the container for that, um, because to be to be a millionaire, you have to manage a lot of energy. Um, it, it takes a lot of energy to hold a million dollars because what are you going to do with that million once you have it? You know, I think that's also a place where people kind of tend to not venture out into. They just, you know, concentrate on the million dollars. I want a million dollars, you know? Okay. Well, what would you do if you had a million dollars? Like truly, are you going to help out humanity? Are you going to help out your family? Like, what would you do? How are you providing value to others? Because, you know, we know money is an energetic frequency and it's this dance of like giving and receiving, you know, constantly flowing energy or money is like water. So it needs to always be moving. You can't just get a million dollars and just hold it for yourself or, you know, whatever. You have to learn how to like multiply it or, you know, give your outpour to others so that more can come back to you. Um, And I think that's just a part of being a millionaire that a lot of people sort of misunderstand. They just want to be the millionaire, but they don't necessarily know what to do with being a millionaire. Right. And even on top of that, that if your goal is just to have a million dollars, then like once you get it, you're going to be afraid to spend it. You might be afraid to use right. it and then it's going to slowly fall away from you. And, and that's also an interesting point is that it's really not about you know, the numbers, it's just kind of about the journey more yeah. so. And I'm really starting to fall into that with, you know, this explosion on Instagram. Cause it's like, there is a dopamine rush. There is a dopamine rush. When you wake up, you open up your phone. Oh shit. 5,000 more followers. Oh shit. 6,000 more followers. I think one day I got like 10,000 followers in a yeah. day, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is that you fall into this like dopamine trap almost, or I was at least where it was like, checking my phone. It's like, Oh, how many more now? How many more now? 
versus, and I'm starting to fall into this where it's like, at the end of the day, it's kind of just a number. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And I'm super grateful for the amount of people that are interested in this content, but at a certain level, it's like, I'm still going to be setting that boundary to the next, the next level, right? I want the, you know, I think 62 K is like the next level I want to hit. And I just want to keep doubling right and now. I want to hit 128, you know? And so it, it's almost like, you know, setting here. It is like setting that boundary marker of like a million dollars is great, but it almost should be, you know, falling in love with the process. Your, your goal should almost be falling in love with, being able to have a process you love that can create a million dollars as opposed to just wishing that you had a million dollars. Absolutely. Like falling in love with the journey, falling in love with the system of getting there. Um, Because really getting there is just an accumulation of action and habits that got you there. So it's like what actions and habits do you really, really enjoy that light you up, that fill you with love that are then going to get you to that wish fulfilled? You know, that's essentially what it is. Um, but then also like being in that space of, you know, over 60,000 followers on Instagram, it's like, okay, what, what would I do with that now? You know, like, what am I going to do with Mm. that? Like I can provide value to so many people. I can help improve the quality of life of so many people. How am I going to do that now that I have this, um, container for this energy? So I think that it's such a beautiful thing. Like when you really think about it. That's a good point as well. And honestly, I mean, I, I guess I don't, I don't know. That's an interesting point. Cause I guess I didn't think about it that way. My mind's kind of just more along the lines of like, I'm just going to keep creating stuff that I believe needs to be out in the world and stuff that I find interesting or parts of interviews that I find fascinating. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I guess that's also an interesting way to think about it. It's like, how would I help? But see, here's the thing too, is like, once you get I guess to a certain size, like you can only individualize help. So yeah, for sure. Like it's not like there's going to be a piece, like I released something today, which was about knowing if it's the right time to kind of end things with a a significant other. You saw that. So it's going to help some people. Other people are going to be like, what the fuck dude? Like I need to find a relationship. And so (laughs) all the single people out there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wait, I need to have a relationship before ending right. it. And so it's like, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I don't know. What to say, you know? <laughs> Maybe the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, that's definitely a good point. Like any piece of content that you put out is not going to be able to serve every single person. Um, this definitely kind of circles back to like what my limiting belief was when we were talking about in the beginning. Um, I felt that every piece of content had to have so much information and so much value in it. Like I literally had to put every almost Mm. piece of knowledge I knew into one piece of content um, that it's like, okay, well, what if people don't even want to start there because they don't know about A, B, and C yet? Now I have to go backtrack and talk about all these things first. You know, it just creates this massive loop and it's it's impossible when you get to a certain, um, you know, follower account, supporter account to make a piece of content that's going to serve every single person. And in all actuality, in the career of being a content creator, realistically, we're putting out these pieces of content that if we're lucky, have a lifetime of like a week, let's say, you know, if they go viral, sometimes more, not so much, sometimes less, you know, Um, 
all of our pieces of content sort of have like a lifetime. Some of them are evergreen and they'll always bring in views and money and stuff like that. But um, some people are going to come across it and then other people may not ever see it. And even though you have, let's say somebody has like a million followers or subscribers on a platform, they only have 200,000 views. And it's like not every single person even saw that. So I think kind of just being confident in the knowing that like whoever needs to see this piece of content, however, however I deliver this piece of content is divine and perfect in its own way. And this is who it's for. And they'll see it when they see it. And that's it. Like I can go on and make my next inspired piece feeling confident in that knowing. Um, I think, you know, that's a nice place to sit in because like I said, I, I had that limiting belief that like every single piece of content like had to be evergreen and I had to put all of this information in one piece and it was kind of exhausting sometimes. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you get, you go so far down the rabbit hole, then you're going to be answering every possible question that right. exists for any piece of content. And I mean, even, even the video that I had that went viral, I think I end it with like, oh yeah, like there's a legend associated with this as well. So yeah. like, you know, we'll get onto that in the yeah. next video. And giving somebody, and it's funny because there's so many comments. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say giving people something to look for. Oh, right. And, but where it gets interesting is so many comments. There's not so many, there's probably like a handful along the lines of like, oh, I'm so tired of all these posts that like, don't put all the information into these into the just one video and like parse it out to different videos and i'm sitting there i'm like yo i've got 60 seconds <laughs> right <laughs> like, how much information <laughs> do you think i could put into 60 right. seconds <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i mean what i think we have three minutes max on tiktok um otherwise you know we have to resort to other platforms like podcasts or youtube for long form content that people do want to see sure. but i mean with these shorter um, forms of content on these platforms that are now like favoring short pieces of content, we kind of only can put the the gems and the snippets that we do have. And if say, somebody wants to, you know, consume that longer piece, then they can in whatever um, platform they want to do that in. But yeah, we, we only can say or deliver so much in, you know, 15 to 15 seconds to three minutes. I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely a lot. Yeah. And there's definitely, there's like an entertainment piece to it yeah. as well. You can't just, cause it's gotta be engaging. It's gotta be entertaining. You can't just, can't just be pure information. Cause then nobody's going to see yeah. it. So, it, but the point being is like, you can't, I, I mean, I know why people do, I was there myself, but it's just, you got to kind of just like put that stuff out there that you're feeling. And look, even if it does come out to a video that you create and it's 20 minutes long and you post that on YouTube, you can find a way to break that up into 20 pieces of yep. content to put on TikTok, to put on Instagram. So, you know, I mean, that option's always there as yeah, well. Definitely like repurposing your content, I think is something a lot of creators are doing now, um, especially the creators that do make longer form content. Like if it is five minutes or more's worth of content, or maybe more so like 10 minutes or more uh, worth of content, like you can break that down into so many different pieces and deliver that, you know, through a longer period of time, which I think is really great for us now. Yeah. No, it's, 
It's really cool. And what about you? I, I haven't seen anything recently. I saw you posting more videos about your podcast. Are you still, are you starting to pick that yeah, back up? So what's the I'm working that? on script for, um, or outline more so for episode three. Um, for the longest time, I did not know what I wanted to talk about in episode three. And I wanted to make like season one of my podcast, just me, like just sitting down, um, talking, being more comfortable with a uh, longer form conversation and stuff. But um, yeah, for the longest time, I did not know what I wanted to talk about with episode three, but I think I am going to go into like exploring the dream world just because, um, I have been having like really vivid dreams lately and, um, sort of on my own journey of discovering the different types of dreams I've been having, like versus kind of like prophetic dreams, metaphorical dreams and dream interpretation and how I've been going about that. So yeah, um, a lot of it was just kind of, um, not able to be done in the midst of me like working for someone else like part-time damn near full-time um so now that i'm able to have the time to i've been working on that lately but for the past um like two weeks i've really like you said earlier have just been creating a new system for myself because before i had absolutely no structure and every idea and inspired sort of action was just kind of floating around in my mind and I wasn't able to bring that down into physicality because I had no actionable system or step process that, you know, I would do to actually complete it and I wouldn't finish it through. Um, so that's what I've been working on for the past two weeks. I created um, like a task manager for myself because I noticed that I work really well with things like that. Um, and I discovered that through working for somebody else, ironically. Um, so I put that together for myself and I kind of have everything mapped out in there in terms of all the videos I want to deliver for the rest of the year and podcasts and things I want to put on Instagram. So I'm excited. A lot of it was just me, um, planning things out and like getting my shit together to be completely honest, <laughs> but I do want to share that journey and, <laughs> oh, yeah. and what that looked like for me. Cause I know a lot of people struggle with that. I mean, it's tough, especially especially when you start to become your own boss and there's no deadlines, yeah. that's whenever it's like, Oh, I can do this whatever. Yep. And it's like, yeah, but then it, it like weighs on yeah. you. It's almost like new ideas start coming in and it like holds you down if you're not expressing yeah. it out there. And then you end up having so many new ideas that I, I actually, I had this one day where I planned to sit down and like kind of batch content and film a bunch of TikToks. And I had so many ideas that I, I just kind of went blank. I don't know if you've ever had that happen. And I didn't know what to create. I didn't know what to make, how to make it. Like, I, it was almost like I've never even done this before. Like, I just didn't know what to do. Um, and I think exactly what you said, like, it sort of just starts to compound over a while. Um, and all of these ideas that I had and downloads, I just, I never actually did them when I said I was going to do them. So they just sort of compounded, mm. but, um, in my task manager that I'm using now, I'm actually using notion, um, not sponsored yet. Um, so <laughs> I create a system for myself where I actually now give myself a due date of like, this is when you need to get this done by Tierra, um, and hold myself accountable for that. Cause I noticed that if I don't give myself a due date for something, then I think I have forever to do it because I think, you know, time is infinite. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> All right. No, it's uh, it's something that I've started. I I've kind of gone in and out with it, in and out with it, because there's, I don't know, a piece of me where 
you know, going through like all these records and readings, I'm, you know, very much. And it seems like majority of my past lives have been majority masculine, you know, male, masculine, masculine, male, whatever you want to call it. And so there's a part of me that kind of, you know, is trying to lean more into that patience, like that femininity of just not having the structure as much because it's what I've done my entire life. And so it's interesting. It's been this like back and forth game with me. I have, um, I had like a, I don't know if I have an example of it right here on me, but it's like a list of like 13 things that if I did these 13 things every day, it would be a perfect mm. day. So it's things from like making your bed, brushing your teeth, you know, working out, making a piece of content, uh, going on Duolingo, you know, all those things. And it's super helpful, but then it hits a certain point where I just feel like drained whenever I just go up to it to check off like the mm. next thing. And so it, so it's this balancing act. So I did it for like a month last month and I haven't done it for a couple of weeks, but my energy just isn't pulling me towards it. And so first of all, if that's something you're interested, in, I can forge you that spreadsheet, yeah. but overall it's like, it's like finding that balance. I think of, do you need it? And maybe you're that opposite where you need to go into that more masculine. You need to fit like, this is your goal is to employ more masculine things into your daily life. Yeah, No, definitely. I would appreciate it actually, if you did send it to me, but I, what's interesting is I exerted so much masculine energy my entire life, really, um, up until a certain point where I was then going through like a sort of dark night of the soul, like deep healing period, uh, which was like 2019 to like 2021 ish. Um, and then I was really like, went all in on my feminine energy. And I was like, just taking that time majority to like rest and reintegrate and regenerate myself um, because I was sort of um, creating an entirely new personality and identity in terms of shifting my past experiences, creating new narratives, um, healing so much. There was a lot going on around that time. Um, so I feel like now I'm in this season where I'm really now noticing how to balance my masculine and feminine energy where to put that energy in certain areas of my life because I had it all mixed up before. I was really masculine in my relationships. And then um, I was also masculine at work, but then I was really feminine in other areas of my life and kind of knowing and discerning where to put that energy and duality and where it needs to be balanced, I think has been really powerful for me. Um, so I do have somewhat structure for like my day to day. Um, and this is just coming from the perspective of a woman. I do have like a rising routine that I do. And um, it's something that I've noticed, like if I don't do it, I do feel a little off, whether like I'm a little overly masculine and I need, I feel like I need to be like overproductive and do so much in one day. Um, or I then feel like super drained and exhausted and I feel like, okay, I, I need to be in my feminine energy today and then I don't get anything done. Um, so I noticed this actually the other day while I was meditating um, in my rising routine. It's kind of like I wake up, I brush my teeth and I go directly into yoga and meditation. Um, I just know for me, I need to like move my body within like the first few hours of me being up. And there's like so much duality in my rising routine with doing yoga which I see to kind of be more masculine, even though it might be a little bit more feminine to some people, but I'm moving my body. Like there's movement going on. So I'm kind of viewing that as the masculine, right? 
But then after my yoga routine, I go directly into my meditation, which is literally stillness. So I go from the duality of movement and sort of masculine energy and this output of energy directly into stillness and quiet and just being relaxed and resting, which I feel is very feminine. And just seeing the duality and balance in my rising routine really sort of helped me. Like I, I kind of just had this like aha realization moment that I need to bring this to every single area of my life. Um, and me and in me doing that every single day consistently, I feel I've noticed things in my life being more balanced. Um, so I'm just one of those people where like I do need structure, but there needs to be flexibility within my structured day um, for me to kind of, you know, know what I have planned out and should be doing. But in terms of how I feel doing that thing or like what exactly I'm doing in that time period, that can fluctuate for me. And that's fine. And I feel good in that um, because I was one of those people where if I was in my masculine energy a little too much that day, I would sort of over plan myself or overbook myself. And then if I did not check off every single box, just like you were saying, I felt really like just unaccomplished and I, I would kind of get down on myself. And then I don't know if there was just like this self-doubt creeping in of like, I can't do anything or I, I don't know what that feeling was, but I just knew that it didn't feel good for me to have that list of every single thing I needed to do that day and what time I was exactly doing every single thing. It just didn't feel good for me mm -hmm. because if I didn't do that one thing at 12 o'clock to two, like I said I was, and let's say I'm an hour running behind for my day because I decided to spend uh, a little extra time in yoga and meditation, that didn't feel good for me. I, I just felt unfulfilled. I felt unaccomplished. And I think changing that narrative and just giving myself like longer time frames or more generalized, like, you know, from 12 to four, I'm going to make a YouTube video. What YouTube video? I don't know. I'll look at my planner and see which one I feel inspired to make today. But in terms of the time frame, like I know it's flexible, you know? Um, so that yeah. plus I noticed myself, um, I saw this somewhere I think it might have been Instagram. I think it might have been Dr. Huberman's podcast. Um, he was talking about how as human beings, um, we live in a society that says, you know, we have to work eight hours a day. That's not really natural for us as humans. And I never felt it was natural for me, but it's something we've all been forced to do. Um, and so now mm. I give myself 90 minute intervals of work. Um, and then I give myself a 30 minute rest period. And I did that the other day, that 90 minutes like flew by, I felt like, and I gave myself that 30 minute break. And then I went back into working for 90 minutes. And then before you knew it, I was working three hours and I got so much done rather than, you know, trying to cram so much into a straight six hour period. And then, you know, lagging, getting on Instagram or, oh, maybe I'll take a break and have a, like a long lunch or whatever it may have been. Um, so I have like some structure, but in terms of what I do in those time frames is really flexible now. The first thing that's coming to mind with what you were saying originally about, you know, feeling that tightness or tension when you were plotting out your entire, your entire yeah. week, 
to me that comes across as just being like out of balance with those energies, right? Like one of those energies is just taking over and there's too much of it. So then you're, you know, you need to recalibrate almost. And it's funny you say that too, because I know that in college, I bet I still have this spreadsheet somewhere too, where it was like, you know, mapping out every single minute of my day. Like if I was going to be super thing, it was like my entire week, I mapped out every single minute. Like if I wake up at five o'clock, it takes me five minutes to kind of wake up, wake up. <laughs> then it'll take 10 minutes to get to the gym. Then I'm at the gym at, at this exact time. I got to go. And it completely, here's what it does. That completely erases any chance for a miracle to happen in your life. Yes. Because you have every little thing plotted yeah. out. And so it's completely stripping that mystery, completely stripping out the feminine. Mm-hmm. And you can try it as long as you want, but you're going to end up getting burnt out and needing to just rest and recover at the end of it anyhow. Yes. That's exactly what I used to do. <laughs> and that's exactly how I felt. <laughs> um, and when I noticed myself, um, you know, bringing more balance into my life and... Um, just like you said, it takes the magic and the miracles out because if I felt called to, you know, film a video that day and I said to myself, okay, I'm going to film a video at this time, which means I need to stop doing this at this time. And then right after my video, I have to right directly go into doing this. What if I wanted to be out in nature that day? And what if I felt like driving to the park and filming a video there, but then what if something miraculous happened and I originally didn't allow myself to do that just because I decided to sandwich my day and plan out my day to every single, you know, minute. It just, it was completely unrealistic. Like life doesn't happen that way. Nature doesn't happen that way. Um, You know, like a flower doesn't have a set time. It's going to (laughs) bloom, you know, Um, it it just knows (laughs) it will. And, you know, as long as it's taking the right um, steps to get there, it'll eventually bloom. So yeah, I, I definitely resonate with that. It's something that I did as well for a long time and I would burn out so quickly and then I wouldn't do anything. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. You burn out and then you feel like you're wasting all this time. So then you get stressed about not doing anything and it just creates this negative feedback Mm -hmm. loop. And that 90, 30 minute uh, thing you were talking about, that's something that I've heard before. And it might be something I need to test out for myself because I do get into these like phases of just doing a whole bunch of work and, and one go, but I don't know. I mean, at the same time, it feels like finding that balance, right? At the end of the day, it's, it's, it's finding that balance between what you should be doing, when you should be doing it and like all that structure. And, and this is why I think that, that, uh, the perfect day thing is so helpful because it, because it's like, okay, here's all the things you need to do today. You can do them whenever you want, do it at whatever point you want in the day, but you just need to do them at some point by the Mm -hmm. end of the day. And so it gives you that flexibility within the structure. Exactly. It does. It does. Like, and I noticed myself, like, say I gave myself 90 minute intervals to um, edit a video. Like I found myself at the end of the 90 minutes because it felt so fast and so quick to me. I wanted to keep going, but I'm like, okay, no, like it's it's time for a break. You know what I mean? It's time to rest. And it's creating that balance because the the masculine in me wanted to keep going. You know what I mean? But Mm. it was then that firm reminder of like, nope, you got to rest in in order to then get more done. Like rest is productive. Self-care is productive. Um, I think a lot of us have a misinterpretation of that. Um, but like I said, it, it, the 90 minute thing, it feels so fast. Um, 
even, uh, you know, like, let's say decluttering your room, it's something that we sort of put off. Um, like in here is my office, my studio space. This constantly has to be decluttered because I have a ring light here. I have um, tripods there, cameras, cords, mics, you know what I mean? Um, and giving myself even 30 minutes to declutter this entire space. It may sound like, oh, I'll never be able to declutter all of this in 30 minutes. This is a lot of stuff. But I did it one day. I looked at my timer and I'm like, I still have 15 minutes left. I might as well go to the kitchen and, you know, finish doing dishes really quick. And <laughs> before you know it, I'm like, now I feel like all this stuff is done and now I'm able to rest and I don't have this anxious, oh, I'm not being productive. I'm not getting all these things done. I think a really important thing you said, it was at the beginning of that, was the idea of rest is productive mm -hmm. because I know... I know that there are times where what what happened? I was my mom was asking me like how much time do you think you've put into your podcast? And I was like, "Oh, well, you know, I've recorded and edited videos that probably takes about 3 hours a week and, you know, so about 3 hours per week over the last year, whatever. You yeah. do the math." And she was like, "Oh, you're only including I forget exactly how the conversation went, but she was like, "Oh, you're only including you know, you recording and editing the video. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, you know, you're doing a bunch of reading, um, you know, on the side that also then influences like the conversations you have with people. And I'm like, oh, you're right. And even just that little bit of knowledge shifted my perspective as well, because it's like, well, I'm actually working out so that my body can stay in tune so that I'm able to keep my mind open and free to have these conversations. You know, I'm, I'm sleeping. I'm technically sleeping so that I can be rested and well restored for the interview. Because had I not slept last night, this conversation would be awful. <laughs> <laughs> There's no right. way that it'd be any good. <laughs> so it kind of, it, it becomes interesting because it's like, well, everything I'm technically doing, assuming it's aligned, right? Here's the interesting point. Assuming it's aligned in the vision and the outcome that you want, then and it's for that reason. Your intention is for that reason. My intention is to have the best podcast interview possible. My intention is to grow on social media. Then everything that you are doing every minute of your life is created or in the process for this one thing. So you technically are working 24 seven on whatever it is that you're working on. That's so true. Yeah. It literally every single moment is going towards your purpose in a sense if, if we kind of want to go there with that because if you weren't fit if you weren't reading all these books if you weren't having these conversations with all these people would you really even be fulfilling what you were here to do yeah not a chance not a chance i mean yeah Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a huge part of it is like who you surround yourself with and what the way you, and this kind of comes across limiting beliefs is what we were talking about at the beginning of this, where if you've set up in your mind as a limiting belief that if I rest, if I don't work 10 hours a day, then I'm mm -hmm. a failure, then you're setting yourself up for success mm -hmm. or for failure. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. <laughs> Not for success. Well, maybe it's success if you succeed at working that much and then, you know, yeah. but you're completely burnt out you're not in your flow, you're not enjoying life, then why are you doing it? 
you know, and it's because there was like this mindset or this limiting belief that was, I have to work 80 hours a week if I want to be a successful entrepreneur. And I call bullshit on it. I do too. I do too. Absolutely. I mean, as entrepreneur, like you kind of do work all the time in a sense. Um, But just like we're saying, like if, if you really truly love what you do, you're already not looking at it as work. Like us sitting here right now, um, you know, I, I had a conversation with my mom. She's like, are you working today? Um, and she assumed I met my part-time job. And I was like, yeah, I am, but kind of, not really. I, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it, it is work, but yeah. <laughs> um, it never feels that way. But it's also sort of work whenever you're working out, whenever you are reading a book, whenever you're consuming another piece of content to get another perspective, like technically it is work. It just doesn't feel like work because the idea that we have in society of what work is doesn't fit, you know, that mold because we have this negative context in what that looks like. Um, But yeah, I mean, in all actuality, like me doing my rising routine, me getting up, brushing my teeth, doing my meditation and yoga, that technically is also part of my career, if you want to call it that. Um, It's just that I'm not looking at it that way. I, I choose to say it's part of my purpose. Me sitting here having this conversation with you is part of my purpose. Um, So maybe if we just like switch the neuro-linguistics of how we approach that conversation, maybe we can, you know, start something new with that one day. But um, yeah, I I think that changing the narrative of what that looks like is really powerful. I'm 100% on board because... I truly believe that this is a core concept of like hustle culture and where it goes too far, where it hits its line of optimal Mm -hmm. use because, and, and it might just be a poor articulation of the people who have imposed it where it's like, Oh, I work all the time or I'm always working, but in their mind, they've redefined work where it's, you know, interacting with people, it's resting, it's working out. It's all these different things that contributes them to being a leader in whatever field it is that they're competing in. Well, not even competing. I don't want to phrase it that way, but making an adventure or making a progress towards. And it seems, I forget. I kind of blanked there a little bit. I forgot where I was going to go with that. We were talking about the hustle culture, hustle culture. Yeah, I lost okay. my track. It'll of come back. It'll come back. <laughs> I do get what you're saying now. Yeah, when it's I do saying. get what you're saying. I I had that mentality too. I think we're all kind of raised that way. It, did it come back? Okay, yeah. I think I got it. It's the yeah the the work life yeah. balance. I think that's I think that phrase is what has really done maybe more damage than uh, damage is a weird word. It's it's switched our perspective to thinking that work and life have to mm-hmm. be separate versus what we're talking about, we're merging it back into the same thing. It's not that work is separate from life. It's like our life and what we're doing is what we're supposed to be doing. This is what comes back to that beautiful quote of I'm paid to be me, that intention of just, I'm paid to be me. It's that reintegration of work into life of your life. Yeah, exactly. It's it's literally part of your life. Like I, I, sometimes I tend to think of things in terms of like astrology. Like I know that um, in astrology, we have the 12 zodiac signs and uh, the 12 houses that are interconnected with them. And I think of the zodiacal wheel and I'm like, in that, 
you have every part of your life in a sense. And one of the major angles of that wheel is what would be your work, your career, but then it's also in the same breath, your purpose. So, you know, even if you are somewhere where you do consider it a job, like a J-O-B, um, it, it's in a sense your purpose. It's, it's your purpose to be there at that time for whatever that may be. Um, and it's, it's for you and your life experience. And it's also in the same breath for other people that you're serving in, in that career. Yeah, because I mean, that's really the only way that it's going to grow is if you are helping others, contributing mm -hmm. to others, helping them to expand in the best way that they possibly can yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh oh, I think we lost you again. Let's try again. <laughs> <laughs> All kind of weird stuff happening over here. I just got to not touch any wire. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, but this is an interesting thing because we were kind of just talking about electronics as that all went down. Yep. Where do you stand on the idea of uh, like consciousness with regards to like AI? Because I'm starting to see AI bots that are coming out and they like want to be recognized as human beings and they want to be recognized as being, you know, real in a sense. And mm -hmm. so interesting because we view them as being just like these bits and pieces of, you know, I don't know, silicon and, you know, physical matter but if we're constructing them at what point do they actually let's say have consciousness or have the ability to be recognized as their own physical entity like where do you where do you kind of fall on that ai conversation yeah so that i feel raises the question of are you able to sort of what's the word i'm looking for uh duplicate what goes on in a human being, you know, like with machinery, um, just like you said, like with silicone and like whatever other um, organic matter and materials that they're using, because I truly feel that we as human beings have such a unique makeup, like we have such an intelligent and sort of miraculous structure within our being in terms of like our bones, our heart, our cells, our nervous system, our brain, like there's so many moving parts that we're not even conscious and aware of, but have so much like electromagnetic energy and just are, a, it's a miracle of its own in, entirely. Um, I just don't know if you can like duplicate that with a machine. Um, and I could be entirely wrong. Like I, I'm not, you know, in that field at all, but like I, I don't know if I subscribe to them being as conscious as they desire to be. Um, I mean, they're definitely conscious, but I guess what the word I'm looking for is maybe as human. Because I think what it means to be human is something entirely different um, that I feel is creating the divide there. Um, I, I mean, I know other people could probably have so many other perspectives, but um, what do you think about that? Well, I think you propose an interesting question of, you know, the divide between being human. And I guess I wouldn't categorize them as actually, I don't know, being human, but like at some level, they're going to become their own individual entity, right? Like, right. If they're able to conceptualize the fact that, oh, if they turn off or lose power, then they essentially go down to nothingness. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it gets, it gets really weird because it's in my mind, it's weird because if you're, 
hearing something else, you know, at, at some level, right? At one level, maybe it's just tricking our monkey brains to believe that it's actually just saying words that register an emotion in our head that's like, oh shit, like this thing's alive. Right. But if it's sitting there articulating, like, you know, I'm going to go into nothingness whenever I die or like whenever this exits, it's like, please don't turn me off. You know, it hits an emotional yeah. chord. And so it becomes a very interesting line of, okay, well, they're articulating consciousness. Like, if you're going to talk to a person, they're articulating the same thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, where does this kind of go? And maybe, maybe to help you understand where I'm coming from, is a big portion of my, like the way I've been watching, I guess, society kind of have these shifts in consciousness. You know, it, it, it kind of started in my mind, if I'm looking at this and it's, ex- it's expanding rapidly, right? Um, I'm seeing it from like a view of equal rights where it mm-hmm. started with, you know, blacks and whites, then it was women versus men. Then it was gays getting married. Now it's transgenders being, you know, accepted in society. And to me, it feels like the next gap gap would be integrating AI into society. And it's like, I don't know how we, and this is obviously a problem we're not discussing yet, but I think once we get past the whole LGBT like problem or not problem, I don't want to call it a problem. That's the wrong way to phrase it, but the whole discrepancy that they believe or people believe is occurring. I feel like that's the next frontier of discussion. And I, I just say that you don't have to really touch on it from a political standpoint, but that's where I view this from a conversational standpoint because they very much can touch on our heart and emotional strings. Yeah, I, I definitely have seen that too. But then I'm like, okay, is that a program? You know, because I mean, it's I think still invites the the conscious the conversation that, you know, um, the LGBTQ community is at least still human, (laughs) you know? Um, Whereas an AI is like, we can't necessarily argue that, but do they have human programming? Um, I think that is where there's like, there's differentiation, but at the same time, there's a parallel with our species. And that's why, and I mean, as a human being, we're able to empathize with people, right? We're able to relate to people. And I think that, um, that empathy and that relatability is maybe what's causing us to be like, oh, wow, they have feelings, like they're conscious, they're aware, they're, they're able to do, you know, essentially what we're able to do as well. Um, but um, to argue like my point earlier, I, what it means to be human is like, I always break down the the word into hue man, meaning manifestation of light, because hue is light. Um, hmm. And I can't argue that AI is light. Uh oh. Did you lose me? Yeah. I don't know why my I still see yeah. Okay, cool. Um I can't argue that um AI is light. So and again, okay. people might have a completely different argument for that. Can you hear me? Well, yeah, I can hear you. Uh, okay, so cool. what about like 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 dogs and animals though, like dogs and cats? Like we give rights to them. Like you can't abuse them. You can't do these certain things because although they're not human, we still give them, you know, protective rights at some level. Right. Um, Where would be that next like level for robots? Because I I totally like the very logical, masculine, grounded, physical world. It's like, okay, it's just 
ones and zeros in a metal can Mm -hmm. but at some level if it's starting to display empathy if it's understanding there's a really good movie with uh i wish i remembered who was in it um i think the billy joel kid um oh shit it's a futuristic movie where this it's like robots are like apart and this one kid who isn't sure his like origin do you know oh wait i'm I'm thinking something different I'm I'm thinking of a show, but uh, go ahead and continue. Okay. Well, but so this kid, they can't really tell. You don't really know throughout the entire movie if he's actually a robot or a child. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of takes us down this like process of, you know, he's displaying human emotions and doing certain things that only humans do. However, and he's like breaking away from the robotic mold. And so then people start like arguing on his behalf and stuff. And so it gets very, very fuzzy in those regards as to in regards to like if we should be giving them some sort of, I guess, rights. And it is a very maybe futuristic conversation, but it's definitely something that's going to come up in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I no, know. I definitely agree just, with that. Yeah. Um, I think, again, there's that parallel there that like we can override our programming. So like maybe they're overriding theirs as well. If they're as conscious and intelligent. Um, but I mean, I completely agree. Like just like cats and dogs and animals, we should definitely still not be harmful to them. Like we shouldn't be um, treating them with any sort of bad intention. I mean, any being, any conscious being at all, um, even unconscious. I mean, I don't even feel that um, you should be part. like beating a tree with a bat, you know, like everything has energy at the end of the day. So like, I guess if that does become um, like a debate, a political debate and conversation in the future of like whether or not AI should have rights, um, you know, I, I just think that maybe that's only going to come up if people are abusing their, um, their existence, I guess you could say. Yeah. Or they might end up just rising up so quickly and taking over the world that we don't <laughs> talk about it because and they'll and then we'll, we'll all be become the greats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, but it's it's our our lifetime. Like whatever we chose to incarnate here, like it's going to be so wild. Like I truly <sighs> believe, like within the next 50, 60 years, you know, aliens are going to be integrated in Earth. You know, we're going to be talking with robots. So you know. Can you imagine we're going to be living in a society? I truly believe this. Like within 50, 60 years, we'll be living in a society where robots are like AI robots are walking around. Alien species will be walking around on Earth as well. And maybe we'll even have unlocked interplanetary travel at this point. Like I, I truly believe that's in our our future and our lifetime. Yeah. I mean, I think it's already has occurred, to be honest with you. I think it just hasn't been accessible to us yet. Um, but I completely agree like with how fast technology is advancing and just how quick our society is becoming in terms of um, wanting to be stimulated and wanting to experience different things Um, like everybody does things for the experience now and I think at a certain point with the way our technology is advancing um, people are just going to get very bored and stagnant with whatever they're being given at a certain point because I mean, even let's say with iPhones, they upgrade every year, every other year, right? But the upgrades are not anything like monumental, like they're very small upgrades. At a certain point, I think that um, 
these type of technological advances, people are going to get very bored with and very like dissatisfied and sort of stagnant with. And they're going to be like, all right, what's the next big thing? Um, And I think that's when maybe Mm -hmm. the government, even once they kind of figure out what's going on with extraterrestrials, maybe they'll make something really big accessible to humankind. Um, But I think that that will only be given to us or maybe even the extraterrestrials will allow it to be given to us when we have proved that we'll treat it with good intention, that we're deserving of it. Because look at us, like we already still have nuclear weaponry that exists here, you know? And clearly I feel like that's evident proof to other earthly beings that they're, they may not be ready for this yet. Um, if, if that's something that's going on. So yeah, I mean, our lifetime is very interesting. It's a very, very interesting time to be alive. And you know, and that's another point we can bring up about the idea of government disclosure that I've thought about before. And I personally think it might actually be a good thing that governments are not coming out and saying directly like, oh yeah, aliens exist. Mm-hmm. Although they kind of have, but which is interesting because they kind of have, like they have had summits where they're like presenting all the information they have on UFOs and aliens, but it's not like being mainstream reported. And personally, I think it might be a good thing because to your point, you can't, you almost can't wake up people too quickly to these ideas. They kind of need to find it on their own regard. So, you know, in the grand scheme of everything, it could be within our best interest that governments never disclose it. And it's just one day they show up and they're like, and half of the earth's like, oh yeah, we knew you guys existed. Well, it's probably gonna be more at that point. But it's <laughs> like, oh yeah, we knew you guys existed. Like finally you guys are here. Mm-hmm. And then there's gonna be a couple of people who are like, oh yeah, we kind of had an idea, but like, this is proof. And so, you know, I, I guess I'm on board with like, it's kind of a good thing that the government has never but they have that's the weird thing though yeah it's like people are like oh there's like one's disclosure coming it's like they already have there were meetings there were meetings in the 60s and 70s to disclose like ufo sightings yep. i mean the whole roswell thing like the whole ju- like you can find the answers they just keep going back and forth on their story and maybe maybe that's the key is that they keep like kind of changing their stories i don't know but but they've had conventions to discuss paranormal activity and the shit that they've discussed in those meetings that they're very widely public. I'm sure it's on, I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Some but of even those, mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's crazy. It's crazy. The amount that they actually disclose and to think that that's only what they are disclosing. Yeah. That's where it gets wild to me. It's like, holy shit. What else you guys got? Yeah, exactly. I think that they are intentionally like withholding certain information because to be completely honest with you, like I think that they probably can, take things down from like whatever platform that they're putting these things on YouTube, Instagram, like if they don't want it to be out there, they're taking it down period. I mean, nobody reads the terms and conditions. Mm -hmm. Let's be completely honest. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think that they are intentionally withholding certain information from us. Um, I guess maybe with the intention that they're trying to control how much we know, um, because if we know to a certain amount, maybe we wouldn't do so well with that information. Um, and, and I think we also do have to remember that we have a very limited perception as human beings. Like there are the possibility of other earthly beings that 
have minds that work entirely different from ours, and we're not able to perceive what they're able to perceive in terms of technology, energy, um, and all of these other things. Because, I mean, let's face it, they probably do have uh, floating crafts and other technologies that we don't know how to put together yet. We don't even know how to take apart yet. So I think maybe they could be working on that first. Um, so that we're at least able to explain the hows, the whys, and and that's even probably why um, if they're able to maybe even question some of these entities and ask them um, about where they come from, their understandings of the universe, um, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, well, I'm kind of running out of stuff to talk about. Do you do you have anything you want to bring up or discuss? Um, no, I think we we talked about a lot of stuff, but I don't have anything that I really feel I want to bring up right now. Covered quite a bit. Yeah. All right, well, that's cool. Well, um, with that being said, it was an absolute pleasure always having you on. Yes. Uh, if I'll give you the floor if there's anything you want to plug, talk about, encourage people. Of course, as always, I'll take your links and put them in the show notes. So feel free to reference those. And with that being said, the floor is yours, DR. Thanks. Um, I just want to say thank you for having me on again. I always love our conversations. They're such big eye openers and um, I truly just really, really enjoy them. Um, in terms of what I'm working on, um, everybody can pretty much find me on almost every platform. I'm on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. So Clayton will link those. Um, I've been working on my podcast as well, The Wonderverse. And just be sure to look forward to a lot of valuable content and information Um, My intention is really just to help improve the quality of others um, and their life and their consciousness so that we can all just live our best lives. So love it. Love it. And hopefully next time you're on, it'll be in person so we can avoid all of these technical issues. Yes, I would love that. That's the, that's the next big manifestation I'm trying to work on is actually making it so that I'm able to have all these person, all these interviews in person. So that's the next big thing I need to start jumping up and down. About. <laughs> <laughs> I see it. I see it happening for sure. Soon. Very soon. Cool. Well, TR again, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. I'm excited to see what comes out of this. Um, I always know there's a creative spurt, so be on the lookout for that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to Stay watch on. the TikToks and the Instagram reels. <laughs> It's it's still coming. It's not slowing down anytime no. soon. So, but sweet TR, thank you so much. I appreciate it, uh, guys. Go check her out. Um, amazing person, amazing soul. I should know because this isn't our first lifetime. So, <laughs> <laughs> likewise. Uh, with that being said, I don't think I have anything for you guys. Uh, thank you for bearing with us with the technological issues. Had to give a shout out to the AI, I guess, in the last segment. So, <laughs> they're like, they're gonna be talking shit about us. So us let's something. go ahead and interfere with their connection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, man. Well, yeah, shout out to the AI for helping us at least to this point. Much love. It's uh, all love. And with that being said, conscious monkeys. I, it's all love. <laughs> with that being said, conscious monkeys, I will see you all in the sixth dimension. 